guys, welcome back to our teaching in the book of John. Now, the last time we were here, we were dealing with verse number one alone. And the idea that John was trying to express is the divine nature of Jesus. That is, that Jesus is God. Basically, in every way, God. That's what we mean to have the nature of God. Not in, a, in this way, like God, but not like that. Yes, the nature of God says in every way, Jesus is God. But dealing with what John was basically talking about in verse number one was he dealt with the uh, past eternality of Jesus, how he existed alongside of God in eternity past. That is, he always existed. Jesus is not a created being. And, and that's one of the issues that we're going to talk about in this particular verse, that he is a creator. And there is a distinction between a creator and the creation. But nevertheless, he existed in eternity past. The very person of Jesus existed forever. Turn to past. We understand it would be in turn to future. Because remember, now, if you hadn't gone seen the video, go back and take a look at it. You'll need it because I'm giving reference now to that imperfect verb. Not only as he existed, did he exist in eternity past, imperfect verb implies incompleted action. What? Incompleted action. And he will continue to exist. He is the God of eternity past, God of eternity presence. By very, that existence, as Moses says, from what? From everlasting past, to everlasting future, thou art God. That makes him God. But anyway, so he existed in the beginning with God. That was one thing that John was trying to say, and that there was a unique relationship with Jesus, and the word was with God, a relationship between Jesus and the Father. And this speaks of the unity, the love that the New Testament talks about, and all of those other types of things, the relationship with God. And the word was God. That's his final point that Jesus in every respect, or as you heard me simply say, by nature is God. So that was the issue of John 1 and 1 to lay a foundational statement about the person of Jesus. That is by very nature, his essence, he is God. Okay. Now, as we continue in our teaching today, and we're going to only look at guys verses two through five, we're going to break it up because I don't want to rush through uh, John so many wonderful things and so many nuances sometimes that you have to catch in John. And John loves to do that, even though the Greek of John is pretty easy reading Greek. But boy, the things that John talks about. John would have you digging and digging and going deeper and deeper just to try to understand how he says, and this is what comes under the, the word of God, how God himself can say something in the most simplistic way, but demand a great depth of thought. And that's what we get out of John. All of the Bible can do that, but John just seems to have a way of doing it that's unique and beautiful at the same time. Okay, but anyway. So what we're going to do, we're going to only look at two through five, 
I don't want to rush you guys through it. So we want to pick up on those little nuances that we come through in the book of John. And also, you want to, we want to get a really good understanding of what John is trying to talk about as he deals with the person of Jesus, which John is simply saying in his gospel that he is God, no faith apart from him, no salvation apart from him. This you must believe to be saved. Okay. And then we'll see that when we get to the end of his book. But anyway, so we're just going to deal with two through five in this particular video. All right. Well, then without any further ado, let's just simply get there. Verse number two, he was in the beginning with God. So what we're going to do here is just look at verse by verse. All right. As, as John is continuing his discussion, making his points about Jesus nature. What is Jesus nature? And the word was God. The nature of Jesus is God. So now he began to deal with certain attributes concerning Jesus. Notice he was in the beginning with God. This reference is to eternity past. Why? What do we know about God? God the Father has no uh, point of creation. He always existed. No matter how far you go back in the past, God exists. So take this on the other side. No matter how far you go back in the past, what? Jesus exists. Why? Verse number two, he was in the beginning with God. And in order for one to exist in this manner, what must one be? One cannot be a created being for the very idea of a created being means at some point you came into being. At some point you were created. Notice what it says about Jesus. He is uncreated. How do you know he is uncreated? He existed with God in the beginning. Keep going back. There is God. What? Keep going back. There is Jesus. Go back further. Of course, there is God. Go back further. What? He's in the beginning with God, Jesus. There is Jesus. Go back further. What? There is God. And even go back further with that. Guess who is still there? Jesus is still there. Now, I'm not trying to bash certain denominations who say that Jesus was created as some kind of being in the beginning or during the time of creation. No, no, I'm not trying to bash them. But wrong is wrong. And the scripture, when you look at it closely, simply says Jesus never had a point of creation. He always existed alongside of God the Father. And by nature of this very point principle, this says he is God. And that's all John is doing. Because notice he said, in the beginning was the word. Word was with God. The word was God. Now, let's build on that, th that theme, that idea of him being God. He existed in, etern in eternity past with God. In the beginning, he was with God. Okay, and so that's the idea. He just simply buttresses. He builds on that idea of the, the nature of Jesus, the divine nature, to simply say he is God. That divine nature of Jesus, okay? Verse three, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Very simple statement. John is simply saying, 
Jesus is the creator of all things, period. Everything that exists in creation. But let me take it back. He was, no, he was in the beginning with God. Let's bring that concept into mind. In the beginning with God and the idea of creation. All things came into being through him. Clearly, that takes us back to Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, God created heaven and earth. Heaven and earth is nothing more than a merism for universe, a, a simple a phrase that simply means the universe. In the beginning, God created the universe. Okay. Clearly, there is a tie here when it says deals with the idea of God and creation, because notice what we're saying about Jesus. He is God. And this takes us back, as we just said, to Genesis 1 and 1. When we reflect in Genesis 1, we see God the Father. There is a, there's a somewhat mystery. When I say mystery, in other words, God didn't give all information. He didn't give everything. He didn't just break everything down, explain everything, and all of this. We'll come to that point. He didn't do it that way. It just simply gave us a general statement. God created the heavens and the earth, okay? And when we look at the Genesis account of creation, we can see God, but we only see two persons of God involved or in the activity in the creation scenario. Notice there's that general God made heaven and earth, and then you see what? The spirit of God hovering above the water. So we see two persons in the Godhead, God the Father and God the Holy Spirit involved in creation. You see it now? But what has John been telling us all along? That Jesus is God. So therefore, if Jesus is indeed God, he had to play a role in creation. This role was not seen, that is, of Jesus in Genesis 1 and 1. It just made a general, generic statement. What John does for us is John allows us to see that Jesus, as God, indeed played a role in creation itself. That's why verse 3 says what? All things came into being, creation itself, through him. So what John does for us is he explains, he elucidates, he shows us what Genesis did not supply. Genesis, what Genesis said in a generic, general form, John gives us more specifications concerning creation. So when the father made creation, how did he make it? Through the son. This shows the unity between both father and son. This shows the equality between both father and son. This shows the participation of creation between father, son, and Holy Spirit. So what do we see? When God, the father created the universe, he created the universe through God, the son, so that God, the full being of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit participated in the creation of the universe. But namely here, John's main focus here is to let us know Jesus as God 
was a part of that creation. And the only way one can create from nothing, because that's the idea of Genesis 1 and 1, to create something from nothing, you must be God. And what did we see about Jesus? He created the universe. And we see this same idea in Colossians as Paul exalts those prepositions by him, through him, for him, unto him, all things were made. He is the creator of everything. So that's the point. Jesus, God, is creator. And then at the end of the verse, all he simply does is emphasize there is nothing in this creation that Jesus did not create. And it takes it takes my mind back. I love to look at the beauty of the stars of the sky and, you know, the pictures that we get, see of the satellites and all of that stuff in space. How beautiful. All it went way, 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 way out there. It is absolutely magnificent. Jesus made that. That's who he is. And for this reason, he is we have to respect him. We need to understand he is not some second down. No, 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 no. He is God, glorious, holy, 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 almighty is Jesus. That God took flesh for our sakes. But I'm not going to get into that. But the point of the scripture here is showing that Jesus is creator. And in having this attribute again, what does it buttress? What does it help to emphasize? What does it help to prove the God of Jesus, that Jesus is God? It's very, so you can't deny it. You have some people try to lower him, some secondary God or whatever, some high angel or what. No, no, that is not what the scriptures teach. That is not what John teaches about the person of Jesus. And if you want to know about the depth of Jesus's person, read, study the gospel of John to the which we are doing. But then anyway, enough of that, because I was kind of speaking to others who argue that Jesus is God and argue about the glory of the Lord Jesus and try to simply say he is some type of exalted man or some type of an angel, great angel. That Show me that. Show me that in John. You won't find it. His whole point, as we see here, he's hammering it over and over and over to exist in eternity past, to be alongside God, to possess the very nature of God again, to create everything. You must be God. You are not a part of the creation. You are the creator who made everything. And who is the creator who made everything? God, there's nothing that came into being that Jesus did not make. He's God. Okay, he's God. He's God, he's God, he's God, he's God. But now let's finish. Verse number four, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Now notice we see two principal statements coming, two principal ideas or points coming into being here. Life and light. And in the gospel of John, Jesus himself are going to bring out such statements explaining himself. I am the way, the truth, and the what? The life. And then again, 
I am the light of the world. Both of these concepts are going to come out about Jesus. And in principle form, they speak of who he is. Jesus is the life. In him was life. Now notice here in the Greek, it doesn't say the life. It says life. In him was life. This is the principle of life. All life comes from him. He is the source of life. He is the giver of life. He gives direction to life. He gives purpose to life. That which concerns life is all about and points to Jesus. In him was life. We derive life because what? It takes us all the way back to the very concept of sin. Why? When Adam sinned, on the day that you eat of it, the day that you disobey me, God said to Adam, you will surely die. How can man have life after the judgment of death? In Jesus alone, in him, in him alone. And that's why he said, I am the life, the way, the truth, the life. Apart from me, nothing, nothing but Back to this text. In him was life, the very principle, the very origin, the very nature, the very essence, the very giving, sustaining of life. Oh, my God, it just takes my mind back. Jesus is everything. He holds this universe in his hands. He balances. He keeps. He maintains. He is the sovereign of every doggone thing. In him is life. Boy, the, the beauty of that concept. And then it also said, and the life was the light of men, which brings in that sinful thinking part of it. That is the life was the light. The world was in darkness. Why? Sin brings darkness. Disobedience to God brings darkness. And what does disobedience to God bring? The wages of sin is death. What do we want? We don't want death. We want life. In order to get life, you must have Jesus. But we are in darkness because what? Sin has entered into the world. We understand that through Adam. And therefore sin, as Paul teaches us in the book of Romans, has come unto all men. And again, what did Paul say? We are dead. We are what? Dead. Think about at the very terms that I'm using. Jesus is what? Life. But we are dead because or even in our sin and trespasses. So the whole issue is Jesus comes to bring life and Jesus also brings light to a dead world, to a world that is in sin, even to fallen humanity. And notice the stress point of John here, the light of men. So Jesus comes to bring what? Life because of who he is, what he does. He sustains it. He brings life through what he has done, death on the cross. He died so that we might live, but he does this purposefully, purposefully that it might benefit man. He is the light of of men. Men don't know God. Sin has darkened man with God. Man's relationship with God was obliterated, be destroyed because of sin. 
Man is in darkness. Jesus comes to alleviate and to change that, to give man the direction. No man could know the father except the son reveal him to him. Again, notice that quote that I gave you in the gospel of John. It all just works together so wonderfully. So he is the light of men. He comes to show men who the father is to provide redemption, to provide salvation. Jesus paves the way to reunite, to bring man back into fellowship with God and give him life. So, okay, enough of that, because I think I'm preaching. He in him was life, keyword life, and if that life was that life, that thing that Jesus has done became the light of men. It helps us. It delivers us out of darkness, sin, and death. So we see here the functioning purpose of God even early. One of the functioning purposes of God being made flesh and coming into the world to provide something for mankind, something that mankind could not when I say could not, I almost want to slam on the desk. Mankind could not provide for himself. And what is that man cannot provide for himself? Salvation. There is nothing. And as long as I live, you should have, if you've been watching my videos, I've said it a million times and I will continue to say it. There is absolutely nothing that you can do to save yourself. God must and God alone provides salvation. That's why he is called the God of our salvation because there is nothing that you can do. And you wait until we get on down to the lower part of John, you guys are going to you're going to have to hold on because you're probably going to hear some things that are going to make you go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's saying that. But that's what the scripture will teach. God provides salvation. All of these things he does in his son. That is the very definition, the very definition of being called the elect. Elect means called of God. You don't call yourself. God calls you unto salvation, unto himself, through Jesus, his Lord, through what he has provided, through what Jesus, Jesus, the life, Jesus, the light. All of these things are provision of God. OK, I was not supposed to go there, but I get a little wound up when it comes to that, because I always hear about people telling about what they did to get saved. And I ain't read that yet, but let's go on with the text. Life, Jesus, light, Jesus, light of men, providing direction, providing the idea is what? Salvation and the knowledge of God, all right? Bringing us back to God. The light shines in darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. So again, Jesus is called the light. The light shines into darkness. It speaks of purpose. Light is shining. Darkness speaks of sin and death. Always remember when we talk about sin, it is death. Why? What does the scripture say? Wages of sin is 
death. Wherever sin is, there is death. So here we got a world of darkness, a world of sin. And again, notice that sub-theme of light and darkness. Jesus is the light. And what is the light doing? It is shining in the darkness. So that speaks of intended purpose. The purpose of Jesus was to come into this world and shine, bring the knowledge of the Father, die for the sins of uh, humanity, for the world. He came into the world to do the things that the Father sent him to do to ultimately provide redemption, to provide salvation. It shined in the darkness, okay? And one of those things that we're going to see, which is also a sub-theme of, of John, uh, matter of fact, one of the major themes of John is to shine in the darkness, to bring the light of God, to bring the knowledge concerning God the Father. And even as he said, remember he said to Philip, when Philip said, show us the father and this will satisfy us. And Jesus responded, have I, I been with you so long, Philip, that you do not understand that when you see me, you see the father. Now, Jesus was not saying he was the father, but he was simply saying is he is the full expression of God, the father. Everything about him shows us who the father is. And so that's what, the light is shining it brings knowledge. And that's what we're going to see in John when we get into verse number 18, how no man has seen God the Father at any time, but it is the only begotten God son, but we'll talk about that when we get there. It is the only begotten son who is in the bosom of the Father. He has exegeted him. He has made him known. So one of the functions of the light and shining in the darkness is to bring forth in this dark, sinful, ignorant world that does not know God, the knowledge of God. Jesus brings forth the knowledge of God's person, how God responds, how God thinks. Or again, as he says to Philip, when you see me, you see God. So function and purpose, light shining in the darkness. And then it says the darkness did not comprehend it. Now, this word, what is used for comprehend could also mean to overcome it. OK, so let me just talk about that with these two respect the darkness. That is sin, the agents of sin, those who rebel against Christ, rebel against Jesus, those the satanic forces themselves, all of the powers of darkness and sin couldn't, did not comprehend it. Number one, because what? Unless God opens the eyes, unless God softens the heart, unless God opens the ears, you cannot hear. And see, this refers basically to salvation. But the point is, God must be at work in a dead, sinful universe. And he, Jesus, comes as an agent of light in this dark, sin, dead universe. And what happens? They just don't get it. Why? This must be a work of God. But we'll talk about all that later on because even in the wonderful book of John. But that's the idea. 
the sinful, darkful, dark, darkened world cannot comprehend it. Don't understand. It just won't receive it. That's what we believe in here. Jesus said again, again in the book of John, you're not my sheep. You're not my sheep. Why? My sheep would hear my voice. There is no comprehension unless, and again, all that the father gives unto me will come unto me. Again, I'm notice I keep quoting John, how the, the wonderful, how John works together and he just brings all of these themes out. All that the father gives unto me will come unto me. So, but the point is the comprehension and that's what I'm talking about. Unless God does a work on the heart and the mind, sin has overcome to the point of death. It takes a work of God. Again, go all the way back to what I was just saying. Only God can save. We are what? Dead. We are not halfway in a dead or in a coma. We are completely dead in our sins and trespasses. It is God who must wake us up, make us live, who must make us come alive open the eyes, open the ears, and, and, and soften our hearts to respond to Jesus. If God doesn't do it, there will there is no salvation. You cannot be saved. No other way. But anyway, enough of that. The darkness did not comprehend it. But also I told you there was a secondary meaning. The darkness did not overcome it. In other words, so take a look. Remember we're talking about the light did what? Shines in the darkness talking about purpose of Jesus, what he came to do to provide salvation and redemption, the knowledge of God, those, everything that God sent the son to do, okay? Coming into this sinful world, notice, and the darkness could not overcome it. Satan and all of his forces could not stop Jesus from doing, oh my goodness, I almost want to preach. So he came into the world and all of a sudden he was baptized by John. And after the baptism, the Bible said the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness for the purpose. I did Matthew's gospel. Go check those videos out. I think it's chapter four. To be tempted by Satan. Satan tempted him. And what happened? He failed. Satan did a number of things to try to keep Jesus from fulfilling his ultimate purpose, which was to do what? Go to the cross and die. Why? To go to the cross and die will give the redemption that the Father has provided. This was the plan of God the Father in sending his son. You go into that world, you tell them about me, you live this righteous life, you die on that cross and be resurrected from the dead. That's the whole issue. That was the plan of God. And in this, salvation will be available to all who believe. You got it? But this sinful world, Satan and all of his tactics came against Jesus at every hand. You'd have the demoniac of Gadara to come running out as if to attack Jesus. You will have this storm upon the boat when Jesus is asleep in the boat to try to overwhelm the disciples as if, as if to destroy Jesus. You will have Satan in his temptations coming about what? Trying to tempt Jesus to make him fall. What did he say? Bow down to me and all these worlds I'll give you. It's in my power. Be my son. He failed. You will have Herod when he sends out his soldiers to kill all of the babies trying to attempt Jesus. 
The darkness could not overcome the light. This dark and sinful world could do nothing to overcome Jesus and his purposes in coming into this world. In other words, he wins. The light wins. God wins. Jesus wins. <laughs> All right, guys, that's enough of that. Thanks for joining me in dealing with this first section of the Gospel of John and John's primary point. What was John simply trying to say? And it is clear as a bell that Jesus is not only the Messiah, that man Messiah, but Jesus is in every bit, every wit, God. And you know what I like about this? Anytime you feel troubled in your heart about these things, go back and read John. John is going to hoop and hoop and hoop the main point of his gospel. Didn't I tell you at the opening statement, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. And didn't I tell you in my clothing message, all these things have I written that you might know that Jesus is the Lord God and having faith in his name provides salvation. My whole point of the book is Jesus, his very person, his nature. He is God. Why? Only God can provide salvation. Only God can do this. But, okay, enough, 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 enough. But thanks for joining me in all of that. So what do we see again? John's primary principal point that he sets forth, that he will prove throughout the remainder of his book, Jesus is God. And then he talks about what? That Jesus, even as God, even God the creator, he has come into the world to provide salvation. He is the light of God. He is the life that provides light unto men who provides and gives life unto men. So Jesus, so John talks about the person of Jesus, that he is God, and the function of Jesus, that he provides salvation when he calls him life and light. Okay? Join me next time as we continue on in our teaching of John's gospel and we look at the witness, or sometimes you hear them say, the forerunner of Jesus, John the Baptist. See you then.